This podcast contains language and concepts which may not be suitable for young listeners. The following audio record forms part of the department's ongoing investigation into the actions of Eugene Kirkley, aka Gideon Vermello, and his operations in the town of Alara. Testimonies recorded here are confidential and have not yet been officially corroborated by secondary or tertiary sources. Hi everyone. I want to start today by explaining something to you about these recordings that I think has been misunderstood. A lot of you wrote to me and said you thought it was dishonest the way I uploaded that unedited recording of Amos, after he specifically told me not to, and I understand that. I know that those of you who have been helping me search for harmony, listening, writing, sending your thoughts and prayers are good people, and I hope that someday I get to meet each and every one of you in person. And I know that good people often dislike, well, let's call them extreme measures. Wait, that sounds too militant. Unusual procedures? No, that sounds a little human centipede. You might not approve of methods of investigation that aren't 100% by the book. Unfortunately, what we have here is a very unusual case, so the usual methods are going to be hugely insufficient. Every investigative journalist knows how to pose as a relative or fake business person or government official to bluff their way into wherever they need to get to. Now, I'm not any kind of journalist, but I respect the fact that sometimes they have to bend the rules a bit to get to the bottom of a good story. Like, think about scientists. I don't know if you've heard that story about Isaac Newton. Not the Apple thing, the other one. He wanted to study the way that light interacted with the optics of human vision. He took a bodkin needle and inserted it behind his eyeball and applied pressure. It made him see circles, apparently. Please don't try that at home. Again, I'm not a scientist, but I am an artist. And what artists and scientists have in common is that they search for the beauty in truth and the truth in beauty. I hope you understand that I want to bring my sister home and I would do anything to make that happen. I'm sure you'd do the same thing for your family. A few, of, a few of you have been asking if you've heard anything else from Harmony and whether I know if she's heard these recordings. So far, the answer is no. But of course, I'll let you know the second that happens. Thank you to everyone who's donated so far, either directly or to the ongoing Patreon fund. It really means the world to me. I received some advice from Empyrean Empires fan 777 that I should save a portion of the money for legal fees in case I get into any trouble and I will be doing that, but promise to donate all the money to a worthwhile charity once Harmony is home and everything is back to, well, not normal, but we're all reunited. Ulara's a small town, and an absence like this, it's like there's a gaping Harmony-shaped hole in our little community. Today, as I mentioned, I'm going to be interviewing Officer Tyson Lewis. He has an important connection to Harmony. And while I can't say that he's been falling over himself to help find her, he's been much better than the rest of the police force, who are pretty open with their dislike of us here in Ulara. I think they see us as backwards, pot-smoking hippies. Amos mentioned how there's parts of the country where it feels like the Bielke-Peterson-era police state never ended, and there's certainly times where that feels true. Lewis is... Well, he's no saint, but at least he's got some shred of integrity. To be honest, I'm not sure why Harmony bothered wasting time with him, but then again, I never understood most of her romantic choices. He talks like he learned to speak from reading Shakespeare and listening to Crocodile Dundee. Alright, that's it for now. See you when we get there. Well, if it isn't Valara's favourite son, what brings you here this morning, sunshine? Got a new theory? Maybe your sister was turned into a frog and needs a prince to rescue her. 
Or perhaps it was just a garden variety rapturing. I don't want to talk to you. I have an appointment with Officer Lewis. Of course you bloody do. Well, you know where to find him. Don't let me keep you from your busy schedule. I've got actual police business to get on with. Is that what you call browsing porn during work hours and accidentally retweeting pictures of dead-eyed women performing unspeakable acts with vegetables from the official police Twitter account? Hey, there's no proof that was me. Six other blokes who work here and uh, probably hacked or something. Bloody nerds with nothing better to do. Sure, hacked. That's what they all say. I fucking hate that guy. River. How are you? Not causing my officers undue grief, I trust. Didn't say anything that wasn't true. It's not illegal to tell the truth, is it? Well, it's fundamentally contingent on the manner in which you define and furthermore connote your definition of illegal. Also, the far more problematic term, truth. But no matter, it's all H2O for Mallard's spinal region as far as I'm concerned. Just stay out of his way, would you? I'm talking to you today as a favour, remember? I don't consider it a favour for you to do your forsworn taxpayer-funded duty. Oh, Christ, on stilts. Don't give me that high and mighty claptrap. You know full well I've allocated exponentially more time to Harmony's case than I should have. And somehow I fucking doubt you're making titanic contributions to the nation's taxation system, by the way. You're not recording this, are you? No, of course not. All right. Well, just to be clear... If you're lying to me, you are committing a criminal offence and would incur further charges if you then broadcast the aforementioned recording. Plus, not to put too fine a point on it, it'd be fucking rude. I promise. Righto then. Well, let's get down to brass tic-tacs. I'm going to be fully fucking direct with you, Riv. I'm displeased, no, thoroughly incensed that you failed to share Harmony's epistle with me as a matter of urgency. Epistle? No need to mock a gentleman for his perfectly fucking reasonable predilection for employing the vast vocabulary of the English language to its full and formidable effect. Honestly, sometimes I feel like I get fucking crucified for displaying knowledge of words extent outside of soap opera monologues in this bloody town. You know, Kneebone told me the other day he hadn't read a book since high school. High school! And he dropped out in year 10 for fuck's sake. These are the gormless ignoramuses I have to... Sorry. Forget I said that. It's been a long week. To return to the matter at hand, that email was evidence vital to Harmony's ongoing inquiry, and you should have sent it to me the minute you received it. I should not have been made aware of it via a forwarded email from my cousin Barry, who was part-time conspiracy theorist and full-time half-wit. I would have ignored it, assuming to be some more shit about the global reptilian agenda if he hadn't put Harmony's name in the heading. And there she is, by all accounts corporeal, conscious and cognizant. Honestly, the rivers of shit I have to wade through each week in this fucking posting. This Thursday gone, I had someone call me to lodge a formal complaint against a wild sheep they'd elected to name Larry. A fucking sheep! And finally, some real police work related to someone to whom I have an actual and genuine love, uh, uh, care for her, their livelihood. Because you were fucking her. There's no need to be crude about it. It was a casual, amorous association. Nothing dishonest or morally lacking about it. Amos might disagree with you there. Oh, I couldn't give a flying fuck. It's no great secret that dickhead's as popular as a rattlesnake in a lucky dip round here, even if he's well loved by you folks down the hill. And I'd wager there's a copious quantity of fabulation in every tale he's ever told you. I know he was Harmony's 
primary choice of nighttime companion. But the story she told me about him, well... Like what? We'd better not stray too far from the path here. Let's get back to... um... What did she say about him? All right. I'll tell you one solitary anecdote by way of explanation, but then I want nothing but complete and total compliance from you. Understood? So, one night, Harm and I were having dinner and she knocks over the wine bottle. It's all over the table like blood at a red wedding. There's this fucking implausible quantity of fermented grape juice deluging out of this tiny receptacle. So I jump up and grab a couple of tea towels and come back and she's just watching it drip onto the floor with this weird look on her face. I ask her what's up and politely hint at the fact that I wouldn't be wildly adverse to her assisting me in cleaning up the mess that she's made and she looks at me and says, I did exactly the same thing when I went to dinner with someone else last week and he made me clean it up too. Now, we had a somewhat unspoken rule that neither of us would explicitly mention our other lovers. Not that I have much to report in that department, truth be told. So, I was slightly irritated that she'd broken this particular convention, but I chose to take the high road, handed her a tea towel, and then started mopping up the wine. She just sat there, watching me, then quietly added, he told me to clean it up with my tongue. So, you can see, he sounds like a particularly twisted character. I mean, I don't feel exactly great about saying this, but couldn't it just have been some weird fetish thing, S&M or whatever? (sighs) I want to be thoroughly and comprehensively clear that I have absolutely no interest in discussing the details of Harmony's sex life with you or anybody else. Okay, right, me neither. But, I mean, she's my sister, so, you know, one, gross, and two, blah, but it might not necessarily mean that... That kind of behaviour indicates an abusive, controlling relationship. And had she wished to press charges, she would have been well within her rights. But she wasn't made to do anything. Are you sure you're not just reading this wrong because of your relationship? My integrity as an officer of the law is beyond reproach. I have served for 11 years without a single complaint made against me. An almost impossible accomplishment in this corner of the world, I don't mind telling you. I am not so petty as to let my personal affiliations interfere with... All right, I get it. Maybe we should move on. Agreed. So, the email. Epistle. You are skating on remarkably fucking fragile solidified water here. Sorry, the email. Look, I should have told you earlier. I guess I was hoping to sort of crowdsource her rescue. Oh yes, to citizen detectives. What a great idea. Why don't we just hand out pepper spray and handcuffs to everyone with an internet connection and too much spare time and wait for the vanquished criminals to come barreling in? It's worked before. There was this case in New York where the police released footage of a woman being attacked in a subway station. Viewers identified him the very next day. Right. But we're a pretty fucking long way from New York. What's more, you'll be ill-advised to ignore cases with converse outcomes. Like how after the Boston bombing, the FBI asked people to submit any information that might help them find a suspect. After a rapid deluge of mostly false and misleading info, a digital lynch mob on Reddit identified some possible suspects and published their names and photos. Guess how many of them were actually guilty? I'm assuming you're going to say none? You assume correctly. What's more, one of the accused, a student at Brown University, was identified as the lead suspect. He was eventually found dead from suspected suicide, thought to have taken place a few weeks earlier. But his family endured a tirade of hate for a little while until both his body and the actual suspect were located. I'm sure you'll understand why I'm wary of online witch hunts. Okay, but this isn't a digital lynch mob. 
It's a community of people who care about Harmony and want to see her brought home safe and sound. Nevertheless, I see your point, and I'm sorry I didn't come to the professionals for help initially. I assume you're cognizant of the fact that your apology loses all meaning when you put professionals in air quotes like that. Sorry, I should have come to the professionals first. That's on me. Was your forensic team able to get a location or IP address from the email? Forensic team? IP address? Don't make me fucking chortle and org of four. You've seen what I'm dealing with here. Nebone doesn't even know how to use Twitter without inadvertently causing a PR catastrophe, and those other jokers barely know how to type. Bloody Sanderson the other day searched, where can I find the nearest brothel, in his fucking Facebook status. Stupid git doesn't even demonstrate a functional comprehension of Google. All basic common sense. He deleted it pretty quick, but I took a screenshot just in case. I needed to embarrass him into actually doing his fucking job at some point down the line. So, to answer your question, no. Our forensic team has about as much chance as tracking down an IP address as a drunk galah has of solving Beale's cipher. What's Beale's cipher? The world's most famous and long-standing cryptographic conundrum. Honestly, I would give my left nut for the chance to have an intellectually stimulating conversation once every half-dozen solar laps. No need to act all superior. Can't you send the file through to Brisbane or somewhere? I've tried that already. Big city snobs don't want nothing to do with this. They said they've had plenty of actual crimes to solve without bothering in the affairs of a bunch of sheep shaggers. Plus, they said that the photo doesn't even necessarily prove it's her. It's fairly blurry. Her face is obfuscated by her sunglasses. To be honest, I think it's a fair point. I'm not entirely convinced what you have here is actual proof of life. Why does everyone keep saying that? Well, everyone probably keeps saying that because it continues to be a plausible line of inquiry. I'm just trying to be the scully to your mulder here. Do you have any other verifiable evidence you want me to add to the case file? I've had hundreds of reports of sightings on the website from people. <clears throat> I want to be thoroughly certain that you heard my utterance of the word verifiable, because it really is of paramount importance. If I chased after every lead from every nut bar who posted to our official police Facebook page, I'd be investigating bunyips and werewolves my entire life. I need proof, not hearsay. So, do you have any evidence that meets the criteria. Well? No. Hey, come on, Riv. Don't get all Johan von Goethe on me. Who? Goethe, author of the seminal gothic romantic buildings Roman novel The Sorrows of Young Werther. Oh, fucking forget it. Don't be so sulky. I'm not ruling out the possibility that she's still alive. You know I want that to be true. We weren't in love or anything, but, well... She's the kind of person who shakes your world like a snow globe. And my life hasn't been the same since she irrevocably altered it. Jesus. Look at me getting all sentimental. My point being, I honestly care about finding her. And I want to help you. But I want to do it in a thorough and professional capacity. And that means being rational and realistic. Now, I've sent the photo around to all the missing persons departments in a hundred kilometre radius. So far, no leads, but sometimes they can be a little slow to respond. A little known fact, missing persons cases take up to 14% of police time. More... Murder or burglary, yes, yes, you've told me before. All right. Well, forgive me for trying to impart a little apropos statistical information. I'd hate to burden your artistic sensibilities with facts and fucking figures. River. 
The first time you sat your scrawny behind in that chair, you were a quiet, carbuncular kid with a haircut that I assumed had been performed by a drunk chimpanzee. I asked you about the incident at the Golden Dragon, and you told me... I really don't think we need to take the slow bus to Nostalgia Town. You know, sometimes I wonder what Harmony sees in you. (laughs) Not half as often as I do, I promise you that. Look, I don't mean to be spiteful, but I feel it would be remiss of me not to bring these to your attention. Here is a complete summary of offences filed against you by your beloved townsfolk. We've got illegal postering. Those were wanted posters. Noise complaints. It's a town of goddamn musicians. Every third building is a rehearsal room, pub or recording studio. And illegal disposal of municipal property. Nothing to say for that one? Those falsehoods didn't belong in our library. That's not for you to say. The key word here is municipal. It's not your personal... I've been working there for years. And the council all agrees that... Your local that council does not override state jurisdiction, which clearly states that publicly funded libraries are required to stock materials that are requested by the... I don't want those suppressive lies in my library. I'm not on trial here. No, you're not. But mostly because I've personally seen to it that this complaint hasn't been actioned. But if it happens again, I don't really think I can justify obfuscation of legitimate complaint, regardless of your personal beliefs. If you work in a state-funded facility, you have an obligation... I have to go now. Wait. Sit down. There's one more thing I need to talk to you about. And I need you to give me your word that it doesn't leave this room. All right. Recent police intelligence suggests Police intelligence? Isn't that... If you're about to say oxymoron, then I will beat you until you are as dumb as an ox, you moron. This is serious. A few days ago, we received a tip-off that a sizable quantity of serious firearms were transported through this area. My somewhat selfish hope is that they were bound for parts unknown and well outside of my jurisdiction. But on the odd chance that they're still within spitting distance, and if that's the case, then... Sounds pretty worrying. Pretty worrying is an understatement of titanic proportions. Gun laws are pretty strict in this country. Usually the only people who get their hands on assault rifles are bikies and serious organised criminals. I mean, are you sure they weren't just wealthy recreational hunters who wanted something black market to show off to their buddies? If you want to hunt, you get a hunting rifle. Assault rifles, as the name implies, have an entirely different purpose. I mean, Jesus, we've got a couple of shotguns gathering dust in the locker that we bust out every six months or so, usually to help some geriatric farmer put down a sickly animal, but nothing that racks up against this kind of firepower. Suffice to say that if munitions of this calibre were deployed in this area, we'd all basically have to bunker down and wait a couple of hours for a tactical team to arrive from Brisbane. That's horrifying. Bloody oath. So, I need you to promise that if you hear any of your red shirt pals talking about this... Don't call us that. And we'd never tolerate guns in Ulara. Not for a second. Well, look, I know that, but I'm really stretched for leads here. People like you, River, they trust you. So I'm hoping that maybe there might be some chance, however slender, that you can bring me something to work with. I'll contact you if I have more information. Make sure you do the same. River, wait. Listen, one last thing. And I'm asking this not as a cop, but as a, well, perhaps... Friend is a bridge too far, but as a friendly acquaintance, if we can't find Harmony, or even if, assuming she's actually alive and doesn't want to be found, can you promise me you'll move on? I know we're not friends or anything, but you're a decent bloke, if a little weird, and you deserve your own life. Find yourself a nice girl, settle down, pop out a couple of rugrats. Or do the opposite. 
run off and see the world or something. Take it from me. You don't want to spend your whole life chained to a tiny town in the middle of nowhere. Thanks for the advice. Someone got your panties in a twist, River? Fuck off, Kneebone. Some of you might be wondering why I'd choose to keep that part of the recording on this upload. I guess I'm probably wondering the same thing myself. Ultimately, it's because of what I said before. I have an obligation to find the truth in beauty and the beauty in truth, even if it means exposing things about myself that I'm not proud of. Although, I don't think there's any shame in keeping that fucking bullshit out of my library. <sighs> Maybe I shouldn't have been so rude to Lewis. He's alright, as far as folks from up the hill go. Okay, what do you think about the second verse? Is it too long? And I'm not sure about rhyming together and forever. It's kind of done to death, you know, like desire and fire. Maybe we need some strings, or maybe brass, or even a choir. Something to give it some lift when it hits a key change. I'm listening to our outtakes from the last album recording sessions. At least I have plenty of this stuff to listen to. I remember a friend telling me that when their grandma died, all they had was photos and her voicemail message. No video. No sound as a record of her. They kept calling her so they could listen to her say that she couldn't come to the phone right now. I thought that was the saddest thing I'd ever heard. I think... I think maybe I might take a small break from searching. Maybe a couple of days, just to put myself back together. You can keep sending me messages, but I might be a little slow on the replies. Sometimes I think you're all that keeps me going. Your myriad, unknowable faces. A thousand tiny candles in a sea of darkness. Today's episode was written by me, J.M. Ellen, with production, editing, sound design, and direction by Jessica McGaw and myself. Our actors were the astonishing Tom Yaxley, the amazing Jessica McGaw, the astounding Damien Campagnolo, and the awe-inspiring Robert Zozars. If you liked what you heard, please, please, please tell your friends, your grandparents, your pets, your casual acquaintances, your part-time lovers, and your mortal enemies. Rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, or consider sponsoring us at the Six Cold Feet Patreon. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much for listening and of course we will see you next week. When I'm in six feet of cold cold ground Always think of me mama Just say that's a good man gone down